1: Good evening and welcome to Clyde One at Super Scoreboard. Tonight, as part of Black Lives Matters, we're discussing racism in Scottish football. Now, we know sectarianism is a huge issue here. We've discussed it before and we will again. But tonight, we want to highlight another part of racism we know that none of it is acceptable. I'm Alison Conroy and I'm joined in the studio by the Scottish FA's Diversity and Inclusion Officer, David McArdle. And from home, Roger Hanna.
2: Well, it's a unique and special programme tonight on Super Scoreboard Allison. In the next sixty minutes we'll try and address a topic which has gripped the world over the last few weeks. As we've all witnessed sport can play a significant role in getting over a, a vitally important message. Just just moments before the programme started tonight. Again we see English Premier League footballers take the knee before the Leicester Brighton kickoff. The players again are wearing the Black Lives Matter message in the back of their shirts. We're all trying to concentrate minds, trying to educate people and hopefully trying to raise all these historic prejudices. But when you see alarming incidents like the plane flown over the Etihad Stadium last night, it seems we all do still have much work left to do.
1: We'll hear from Celtic defender Chris Julian and speak to Kilmarnock manager Alex Dyer and ranger striker Jermaine Defoe during the show tonight. David McArdle, as I said, is joining us in the studio. Hello David. First of all, can you outline exactly what your role is at the SFE? Yeah,
3: well thank you Alison and thank you for having me on today. Uh, pretty much my job is to try and improve the environment of Scottish football to try and allow people to access the game that so many of us love and so many Mm -hmm. of us have as a day-to-day thought in our heads and it's sad in this day that people still feel that football's not open to them and it's my job and it's the job of everybody in the Scottish FA and Scottish football to try and break down some of those barriers to allow everybody to access the game
1: as I said at the start of the show, we are doing this in response to the Black Lives Matter campaign. Of course, we know that all lives matter, but there is a real point right now, especially to this movement.
3: Yeah, and, and this is not an either or proclamation. It's not that we're saying that no lives matter and only black lives matter, but when there is a crisis, when there's a victimisation, we have always rallied round together and whether that's the Paris terrorist attacks where we, we people change their, their Twitter handles or whether it's when we talk about breast cancer. We don't have people asking, well, what about lung cancer? What about having the white ribbon? So mm-hmm. what we don't want to do is this doesn't diminish any other group at any time, but this point is a point that our black friends, family, relatives, neighbours, strangers need our support, need the support for the conversation to be taken forward and to have it in that poignant moment where we can try and make a change. In, in society, not just only
2: football.
1: Roger, just to pick up on what David's saying there, it's such an important issue for us to deal with right now.
2: Of, of course it is, and it's, it's a tragedy, and I'm sure the guests tonight would agree. It, it's a tragedy that it's taken the death of someone in the United States to bring this issue to the forefront again. The, the fact the SFA have someone in David's position is a positive step. But, uh, you know, I have to admit it, it's to my shame, I, I didn't realise a lot of the work David did until recently. And, you know, it's it's to our all, all of our eternal shame that we need a dreadful incident, like the one that happened in the United States recently, for this issue again to be brought to the forefront. And it's very much at the forefront in sport and in society at the minute. And I think David would agree it's important, you know... F- society moves on it moves on very quickly to the next issue of the day but it's important for all of us that this issue we don't allow it to be swept back under the carpet when you know perhaps the political agenda changes the sporting agenda changes this is something that's not just to be considered in the first few weeks of the english premier league coming back this is something that needs to be tackled 24 7 until there is no there is no racism and there is no racist incidents attached to sport or attached to society.
3: Yeah, well exactly, Roger. It's got no place in society. Uh t- today and, and really in any day it's never had a place. And what we need to make sure we do is that the conversation continues. Uh what we at the Scottish FE, we try and make the work that we do speak for itself. We don't want to shout about what we do because really it's football. We shouldn't mm-hmm. have social aspects the the ball moving on the pitch is really what we want to see and what we want to see is as many people doing that as we can and programmes like I do we just try and make the difference the small changes that we can make that changes the environment that allows anybody feeling welcome to our game
1: I want to go to the phone now and we're joined by Kilmarnock manager Alex Dyer who's currently the only black manager in Scotland Alex thank you so much for joining us tonight on Super Scoreboard
4: Hello listen yeah Grateful to be on. Thank you very much,
1: Alex. How much do you feel the pressure of that tag of the only black manager in Scotland? Do you feel that you are trying to lead the way for others to hopefully follow?
4: Um, Pressure? Don't don't feel no pressure because um, it's a job. You know, there's enough pressure in the job itself. Um, But I feel all right. I want. um, I hope people do look at me and and think and and know that you know what i've done and the way i've gone about my business is that um they have a chance to to go on and and manage or coach you know the way i've done um i hope you know i don't want to be a role model obviously in that sense but if i am then you know i i i take that responsibility and i'll do the best i can and i will preach what these and I will say what needs to be said, you know. It, it can be awkward for certain people to to listen to certain things. Um, but I will say what I have to say at the right time.
1: Of course, Kevin Harper was at Albion Rovers until fairly recently. How does it make you feel that in this day and age that you are the only black manager in Scottish football?
4: Um, I mean, I, to be honest, I'd love to... I love to turn around and say to you, you know, that there should be there should be a lot more black managers. But you know, down south where there's a lot more black people living, you know, we don't. Um, there's no. There's hardly any black managers down there anyway. So it's going to be difficult to be up in Scotland anyway to, to and have a, a quota of, of black managers because it it's just not reality at the moment.
1: From your experience. Uh, uh... Working in the game, both north and south of the border, when we look at the issue of racism in football, is it different in Scotland to in England?
4: Well, I've only been up in Scotland for three, for three years, and for me personally, it's you know it's been great because since I've come up here, um, you know, come up here with obviously with Steve Clark, and I've, I've felt at home straight away. But that's just me. And that's I'm just one black person, do you know what I mean. And but I know that it does happen. Do you know that people, black people, go for jobs and don't get it. So um, so because I'm in a privileged position and I've worked hard to be in that position, it doesn't mean it's not out there and it's and it and it's wrong that there ain't enough black managers, whether it's in England or in Scotland.
2: You know. Like it's Roger Hanna here. I was interested Hello, in your quotes. Hi, how are you doing? I was interested in your quotes last week when you were unveiled down at Rugby Park. You would, you said you, you would always encourage more black players to go into coaching when they hang up their boots. We've got Jermaine Defoe coming in the show later on and I think Jermaine had said the day before there was a time when he didn't feel compelled to go into coaching when he retired and I think that same day Raheem Sterling spoke down south. He was mentioning that you know, Ashley Cole and Saul Campbell had had found it so much harder to get a break in coaching and management than the examples he used were Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard. Do, do you think that kind of thing puts black players off going in and doing their coaching badges? Of course, because history
4: tells you that. You know, from when I've been in the game and, and coming through, and I started playing in the 80s. And, you know, it's different times, you know, and, and every time um, a black person wanted to go for or a player, wanted to go for a job, they they knew they weren't going to get it. You know, it didn't matter how good they were. You know, it, the, it, the doors were shut. You know, it's a reality and that is the truth. You know, it, it, the doors were shut. You know, as time's gone on, it's got better, uh, but it's not perfect. Far from being perfect, but it has got better. I mean the the idea of Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard, they're obviously like Sol Campbell, big players, had good careers, you know, and, you know, they've got good jobs. But that's just, for me, that's just, a, that's football and that's life, you know, it doesn't mean because he's black, he should get a job. You know, you work hard, you do the best you can, and if the opportunity comes about, you know, you put, for me, you have to put yourself in that position. Position is do your coaching badges, do, do as much work you can. So when, when the chance to come and get a job, you know um, they can't turn around and say to you, "Well, you're not qualified." You know, make sure you're qualified, and then, you know, go for your go for that go for that job. And if, in your hearts of hearts, you think that you're not getting that job because of the colour of your, your skin, that is not my fault or a black person's fault. That's the person who's giving them the job, you know, you cannot.
2: If, if I was going to ask, do you think? Um, attitudes are changing in boardrooms down south I was reading a piece the other day, Stephen Reid who of course you work with, along with Steve Plank with the Scotland national team was quoted as one of the front runners for the the Bolton Wanderers job down there, when Stephen goes for jobs south of the border, do you believe he gets a fair crack of the whip?
4: No, probably not and that's just, you know I don't whether it's because of the colour of his skin you know, no one knows 100% because of, you know, no one's gonna come out blankly say I'm not gonna hire you a job because of the color of your skin, but you, sometimes you do get that feel, you get the feeling that you're not gonna get the job anyway. But you know, you have to go again. It's it's I'm not, you can't give up because then people like that will win. So you have to keep going and you keep knocking down the door. And, you know, especially what's been happening at the moment, you know, it's, it's at the forefront. And we got to keep sending out the right messages, you know, that, that has to change. But put yourself I in know. the position, you know, that when the job does come about, you're in the right, you know, you've done all the qualifications to for someone to say, well, there's the job, you know. And you can't you can't take what, what's in someone's heart. You just can't. You can't change. You know, people say you I have to... You can't change. You can't change certain people. If they're 30, 40 years of age and they're or they're in a big position, you're not going to change
2: them. No chance. You talk about putting out right messages There have been so many good, positive messages. We spoke at the top of the show about you know, the way the English Premier League have, have tackled this issue since going back after lockdown, Alec. If you watch the Manchester City game last night, what did you think? When you saw this aircraft over the highlighted over the Etihad and the banner that was being pulled behind it,
4: again, it's a, it's a it's a disgrace. It's a disgraceful message. But you know, you look at it and you go, the people who fly in the plane and the organisation, whoever's done it, they're not kids. You know, it's not a, it's not a little kid who's talking about education and educating people. You can't educate them sort of people. You can't. They're not going to change their mind. They're grown. They're grown. Adults—they're adults, they're adults who, who've been on this earth a long time. You're not going to change them. You know, it's not—it's not, it's not going to be just someone thinking oh, I'm going to get up and and put up a banner and fly me plane and put up a banner. You know, what I mean, um, white life matters. You know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's ridiculous. You know, it's—it's it's not right. But you're not going to change those people. It's—it's it's changing. It's educating the younger ones who are coming through. Like you say, all the, all the protests lately. It's not just being black people. It's a mix. It's a mixture of of culture that have gone down there and, you know what I mean, and protest because they know it's wrong.
1: So for you, Alex, is it about the next generation and the younger people, as you say, there are certain people that maybe you can't change their opinion. So is your hope for the future that with this education, as these youngsters start growing up and coming through, that slowly but surely we can hopefully get rid of this session.
4: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. It's the, it's, it's the next generation because the way technology is now, back in the... Like when I played, it was different. You know, you'd get called names on the pitch and you had to get up. You know, it wasn't... It wasn't just laid there and, and you had to take it and, and you turned around for someone to help you and there weren't really no one there to help you. Mm-hmm. There weren't numbers. You know what I mean? And if you did say anything, it's, well, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Don't touch him, and then you're out the game. You know, sometimes you just got to, you have to. Back back then, you have to knuckle down and just get on with it. Get up, go to the next game, take the abuse again, whether it's on the pitch, whether it's in the in the in the ground from the supporters, and then you'll have to just take it and move on. You know, you hopefully you you was at, you was at a club where you, your teammates were very supportive, but no one went out and said anything. Because you knew if you said too much, you wouldn't play. Or, do you know what I mean? You wouldn't get another move to another club because someone would say, well, you know, he's a troublemaker. Don't have him at your club. And that happened back in the day. Now, with technology, do you know what I mean? You could, it goes around quick. Someone does anything. You know, the, yeah. the young kids these days, they, they spread the message so quick and you're outed straight away. You know, so no one's got nowhere to hide anymore. You know, it's and it's a good thing. You know, the the young kids, you know, my kids at home, they're at that age, you know, they're from range from um twenty one all the way up to um thirty three and they're young. They 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 know what's going on, they've got their, their finger on the on the button, you know, and they educate me. You know, even when I say things they say, things are changing, we have to change you know and I'm saying yeah but I've seen this before I've seen this before a long time and nothing's changed over the years and they go no things are going to change you know we've got a movement and we're changing it and you've seen it
1: David I want to bring you in there with, with what Alex is saying it is about the future generations educating in a sense the older generations on this because they are evolving and moving with the times and talking about Twitter and the fact that there is nowhere to hide now well
3: that's uh, and, and Alex is whether he wants to see it or not, he is a role model, uh, and and first and foremost, he was not made a man- manager because of the colour of his skin. It's because he's a very good manager and a very good coach. Mm-hmm. So let's just that's first and foremost. Uh, Thank you
4: very much. Uh, Thank hope. you.
3: Uh, but what we need to to look at is is how can we spread that message? How can we give people the confidence that when they hear things in a changing room, when they hear things in the street, that they challenge it, that they know. That it's not acceptable Part of the reason why we've got to this stage now Is because we've never spoken up People have not challenged Whether it be their fathers, their grandfathers Their uncles, their mums, their whoever it is They've not challenged when they've said something unacceptable And that's changing We see it every day now where the youngsters Are challenging their parents Are challenging their grandparents to make a change To let them know this is not okay And that's what we need to continue doing And allowing that education process to come through
1: Alex, thank you so much for joining us on Super Scoreboard My pleasure. tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you. Kilmarnock manager Alex Dyer there joining us on the show. This is Clyde One at Super Scoreboard. We hear from Celtic defender Chris Julian after the travel with Stephen.
0: You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
1: This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a night where we're tackling racism in Scottish football. We'll still to hear from Rangers striker Jermaine Defoe later in the show, and we'll hear from Ranger Celtic defender Chris Julian just shortly. David McArdle from the Scottish FA, you are the Diversity and Inclusion Officer. We heard some strong stuff from Kilmarnock manager Alex Dyer before the break there. And I'm just interested to know what the Scottish FA are doing to try and bring more black managers and coaches into the game
3: Well, the first thing we're on a journey the same as everybody else we're not perfect uh, and we'll never proclaim that we are but we do have a track record of achieving around this equality area so we are the first UK Football Association to achieve what's called the Advanced Standard and Equality Framework so ahead of the English FA the Irish the Welsh so we've got an ability and we have the structures in place to Mm. achieve this and we're very proud of that and we're introducing what we're calling the Equality Framework which is not just for us To achieve what we want to achieve We want to be reflective and representative Of the population of Scotland But we can't do that as only the Scottish FA We need our member clubs We need our grassroots clubs Coaches, players, parents To be involved in the simple little things That they can do to allow us to have a sustainable And meaningful impact on the game
1: I want to also get a fan's perspective on this soon. We will be speaking to Dumi, who's originally from Zimbabwe and has some stories to tell about how he feels going to Scottish football matches. But first of all, let's hear from Celtic defender Chris Julian. He feels fortunate that he's never been directly racially abused, but he hopes that one day all attitudes can be changed.
5: We know uh, because in football it happens a lot of times, but sometimes, uh, you know, you just um, you just we just don't, we stopped a little bit, talk about it because you know we have every game. Every game is different, and after we just don't think about the next one uh, on the, the old game that we had. But the fact that the thing who happened in in United, United States and uh, the the how can I say the big the big stuff, the big uh, movement that that to be uh, to happen there. And now bring um, you know here in in every country, I think it's uh, it's normal, and uh, it's just <laughs> I I don't know what to say. It's just so so sad to 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 be in this situation, but we are, and now we just uh, we just um, talk about it and try to to find the the, the wrong thing with uh, is not in place, and try to, to find a good way to, to stop that.
1: Do you hope that this discussion does lead to some better education for, for everyone about this issue and, and the fact that it's not right?
5: It is not right. Uh, and I hope one day that the discussion gonna be gonna result to something, but I really think me personally that everything that you do is just is just gonna have people like this in the world. Uh we can we can see that there is a a lot of people you know who do manifestation and stuff like that would just um, would just say out loud that we are, not, uh, we are not happy with this, but I still think that the thing is, there will always have some people who, who are racism. Uh, they are everywhere. Um, and it's, there is so much people who say we are not agree, but there is a lot of people that we don't see in the street too. Uh, and the people that we don't see in the street or just don't say uh, stop, stop, or we don't say anything, we know that um, it just happened. Uh, the world just has so much people like that and it's really sad, but I hope that one day, uh, one day we will be in a world, uh, you know, without kind of, of behaviour like this, but it, it's really sad. Yeah. The words that jumped out at
2: me there, Alison, where It's not right. Um, Clearly everyone has agreed. It was was terrible listening to Alec Dyer saying during his playing career footballers had to turn a blind eye, they had to turn a deaf ear to the racism pouring down from the stands. Nowadays in 2020 it's clear that black managers like Alec, black players like Christopher Julian and Jermaine Defoe who's coming on the show before 7 o'clock are no longer willing to ignore racist incidents not just in football grounds but in society in general. They have had enough. Um, I, I listened to Graham Soonis on Sky last night saying he remembers incidents in the past in his career when you know directors of football clubs made racist comments and his big regret is not challenging them at the time. I think now people in sport and people in society are brave enough and are ready to confront racism and racist incidents. Uh, I'm sure David would agree, I'm sure people in his department, in the SFA, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, have to confront racist incidents. And this is the only way we are able to tackle this issue. And it's the only chance we've got to successfully eradicate racism from the game.
3: Exactly, Roger. We've we've got an opportunity now because it's been spoken about. Uh, we, we challenge as much as we can, but it comes down to who you are as a person. Decent people do not stand up for wrong things we try and always do the right thing and Mm -hmm. the more that we can elevate the decent people to have a voice to challenge it and don't let things be an advocate be somebody who's going to be an ally for that now i'm a white 33 year old man but doesn't mean that i'm going to stand back and allow sexism to happen to allow homophobic language to happen to allow racism language to happen because i am a decent person well i hope i am and I try and challenge that in any way I can and, and encourage other people to have the courage to do the same whenever they feel it's appropriate.
1: I said I wanted to have a look at a fan's perspective as well. David, you'll know as well, you you look around football stadiums, you look at games and the number of black or ethnic minority supporters in those stands, it isn't very high.
3: No, it's it's not. It's not very high and it's... We need to look at things as as two ways We talk about the barriers of accessing football Now barriers can either be perceived Or they can be real barriers But simple reason is they're both barriers One needs physical change to happen And one needs an education Now what we try and do at the Scottish FA As much as we can is we have dialogue We speak to fans, we ask the clubs to speak to the fans And find out why are you not attending Mm -hmm. Is that simply because the advertising material Has not been suited to allow people From an ethnic minority to think That football is open to me We we, we need to have those conversations because you cannot be what you cannot see. And if you look at your season ticket promotions and it's all white people, white faces, white males of a certain age, then the people actually think the football is open to them? And we have to remember where people are coming from, where cultures are different and people think that the culture in whatever country they're from is the same in Scotland when really it's not. So we need to understand how to break down those barriers.
1: Well, Dumi is joining us on the line now. He's originally from Zimbabwe, but now lives in Irvine with his Scottish wife and daughter. Dumi, thank you for joining us on Clyde One Super Scoreboard tonight.
6: Thank you. Good evening.
1: Good evening. First of all, just explain what have been your experiences of going to games in the terms of racism? Have you experienced it firsthand when you're sitting watching a football match?
6: Yes, um, thank you for having me once again. Yes, I have um, had previous experiences um, of racist chanting um, around me at football games, um, not only just in Scotland, but in um, in England as well. And it it can become very uncomfortable, you know. Um, You'd expect while you're sitting um, at the football ground um, around you that the police or the stewards would do anything. Mm -hmm. It's clearly audible um, chanting from certain Um, sections or people around you and nothing gets done and it's really disheartening when you think, you know, when the 21st century and these things are still happening um, it is quite unfortunate
1: How does it make you feel when you're sitting there? You obviously go to football because you're a football fan, you go there for enjoyment and entertainment does it make you feel uncomfortable and at times maybe not want to be there?
6: Oh yes, very much so. You know, you feel unwanted. I've I've made Scotland my home. You know, for the last thirteen years, um, I've lived in the UK now for the last twenty odd years, mm-hmm. and you know, you certainly think to yourself. It's you, you should live in a society where everybody um, is made to feel welcome. But there are certain sections of society, unfortunately, that you know um, don't give you that welcome. And it's one of those things like you think to yourself. Should this really be happening? Should I really be here? You know, you want to be able to enjoy football at football grounds rather than just on the telly itself. Mm -hmm. However, when it happens at football games and you see that no action is being taken against those people, it can be quite disheartening. I've got a child, Mm -hmm. you know, um, who at some point down the line, I'd like to take her to football games, but you think to yourself, is that really the environment for her to be in? Probably not.
1: Yeah, your daughter's nine, so she's getting to the age that she knows what's going on around her. And we've spoken about it already, how education is key to this. And it's about changing opinions. Did your daughter talk to you about this? Has she sadly experienced this already?
6: Yes, unfortunately, we've had um, a few instances where she's came home uh, from school and somebody, you know, in her class or her after-school playgroup, you know, has made references to her hair. My daughter's mixed heritage. Um, they've made references to her hair or her skin colour, And which, you know, you think for somebody at that age, you know, as a parent, it, it it really breaks your heart. You know, you look at her, she just comes in and goes to her room and she doesn't want to speak about it. Straight away, you know that she can recognise that what has been said to her. Is wrong, but fortunately, I've been in situations as well. I've I've done some work for an anti-racism organisation called Show Racism the Red yeah. Card, um, who have uh, the remit to go into schools in Scotland and you know teach young people about uh, why racism is bad. And you know, on the flip side of that, some children they really take the message on board, um, and the feedback that we've had from some of the kids has been absolutely brilliant. But at the same time, when young people come up with that. You have to think of the uh, where the root cause is, you know, because young children at that age, it's, it's not something that they'll just learn overnight. It's probably something that they may get from home or watching social media or everything else like that.
1: David is a diversity and inclusion manager. Oh, Sorry, Roger, I'll let you come in oh, first. Sorry, I was
2: just going to ask... Yeah, I was just going to ask Duma there. It's fascinating to hear that because it's quite clear that no-one is born racist. So wh- no. where does where does this come in? Who Who... Who's to blame and who needs to do more? Is it the education authorities? Is it parents at home? You, you speak about um, you know the, the lack of police help, help from stewards at game. Is it all aspects of society that need to work together to provide a better future for children like your daughter?
6: Yes, I, I'd say that. And, but as, as as any parent is, you know, you are the your, teach, uh, your child's first tutor. You know, we, we cannot make excuses as parents when children say things that they shouldn't say. And they may pick it up from the playground. However, if your child repeats something at home, as a parent, you know, you should come out and say, this is wrong. You know, you should not be saying this. This is quite helpful. And... Uh, the point i have also made there, whether we should rely on, you know, educational authorities, yes, I, I, I think there needs to be a coming together of all the relevant authorities and have a clear policy, you know, as well as practice of the um, anti-racism strategy um, in Scotland. You know, we shouldn't just look at football to try and resolve the issue. This is a societal problem.
1: David Mcardle, Diversity and Inclusion Manager at Scottish FA. It's heartbreaking to hear about anybody being racial abused, but we're talking about a nine-year-old girl at school and we're talking about education and how we can change attitudes and opinions. What kind of education programmes are already in place
3: well the show race and the red card which which Dumi mentioned there is a fantastic organisation who provide a lot within schools and, and we are proud to kind of support them and do whatever we can to help them and obviously a lot of things come from the Scottish Government in terms of what they put into the schools and the education what we try and do in the Scottish FA is, is use football as a tool That that that's all we can do because as Dumi said Does
1: that help to bring children together in terms of they all want to just play football does that help?
3: Uh, football in this country is probably one of the The best resources Mm -hmm. that we have That everybody Majority loves the game And we can use the goodness That comes with football As the opportunity To bring people on a journey To bring people to use that As the caveat To learn and to educate And to be part of that Show Racism and the Red Card Do that very well Fair Play Foundation Do it fantastic as well And there's a number of organisations That use football as the tool And what we can do in Scotland Is use it more Use the power that we have Our grassroots clubs Our senior clubs We have a lot of people out there Who are doing a lot of good work sometimes we just need a little bit more backing from government, from other sources to allow us to continue on the journey
1: Thank you to Dume for joining us on tonight's show, this is Clyde Mm -hmm. One Super Scoreboard and we'll speak to Ranger striker Jermaine Defoe after the travel with Stephen
0: 0141 951 1025 This is Scottish Football's league leader
2: Clyde One Super Scoreboard
1: This is Clyde One at Super Scoreboard on a night where we tackle racism in Scottish football. I'm joined in the studio by Diversity and Inclusion Officer from the Scottish FA, David McArdle. Roger Hanna is on the line from his home as well. I'm going to speak to Rangers striker Jermaine Defoe shortly, but I want to take a call first of all. And it's Stephen from Dundee is on the line. Good evening, Stephen.
7: Hi, good evening. How are you? Not bad, not too bad, yeah. And just jumped in the car and um turned on the radio mm. and, and, and and heard about heard about the topic and I thought right it'll be good to um share some experiences.
1: Yeah, tell me about your experience. You've unfortunately suffered racist abuse when you've been playing football.
7: Yeah, I really have and it kind of started from even when I was about four or five years old, I never quite understood it. Um and it was racist abuse from other kids, um and also the parents so um i i used to i used to love playing football so i started getting fairly good at it and it was racist abuse from the parents when we we're playing on like a saturday morning at nine o'clock and i just first i didn't even realize it was targeted towards me until you know i still until i got like six or seven years old then i started realizing and i'm thinking you've got parents that are shouting abuse at a kid because you know another brown guy is getting picked for the team and i think that now I'm, now I'm now I'm older, I think we talk about racism in football as if it's like a septic tank. And once we fix that, everything's okay. We don't realise that the pipes connecting to it are, are, are bringing sewage and horrible amounts of hatred in. And I think that when, when we speak about racism in football, the reason I... I, 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 I detest football now, actually. you know, it's, it's not an ideal show to say this on. Mm. But for me, I loved the sport, but I thought R- football equals racism I've never had an experience when it hasn't when, Whether I've, I've only been to four football matches And I've had racist abuse there as well I've played and I've had racist abuse And I think people think once we fix racism in football Then we're all okay But it's it's not there That's just what's on show Racism starts when you have kids that are like Five, six, seven years old Who are being racist And then other kids don't really like enjoying playing I mean I, I stopped playing around at 11, 11 years old or so mm-hmm. Um and it, I think that there, there's a whole big issue here rather than just a, you know, let's tick the box of let's fix racism in football.
1: David, I want to bring you, and on this, it's, it's it's sad that it got to the point that Stephen felt that he had to just walk away from football.
3: Yeah, and that's somebody from a very young age said that there that he loved playing football, but now he detests the sport. Mm-hmm. And that's simply because the environment is was not right. And it, it it's kind of the environment that he was playing in Made him fall out in love with the game Which is very very sad Now we are just about to launch Come the new grassroots season A discrimination reporting So everybody knows that if you receive Racist abuse or homophobic abuse On a football pitch You can report that to your league association Now some people don't feel comfortable comfortable, Confident that they'll actually be dealt with So Mm. now we've created an opportunity For people to report that racism Or discrimination directly to the Scottish FA And then that will be taken By the Scottish FA to the women's game, the amateur game, the juniors, the youths, the schools, and ask them to investigate it and we can hold them accountable to make sure it is being investigated and we can try and change the environment to tackle this horrible incident that, that obviously mm-hmm. Stephen occurred when, when he was a young child.
1: Thank you to Stephen for calling in tonight. I want to go onto the line again and Ranger Striker, Jermaine Defoe joins us now. Good evening, Jermaine. evening. How are you? I mean, it's unfortunate in a sense that we're speaking to you because of this issue in terms of you you've had a long career in the game north and south of the border do you feel that racism is as big a problem in the game now as when you started playing?
0: Yeah I think to be honest I think it's the same um, and I know the the, the generation before me um, speaking to like obviously the likes of for instance like if, I spoke, if I spoke to the likes of the John Barnes and the Ian Wright's and Les Ferdinands I know they sort of like they had to to deal with racism, like on a weekly basis, like I mean, every game. You, I, I listen to Chris Kamara talk about his time when you know, you know, when you got racially abused. You know, if you get abused from your own fans and you know, bananas being thrown on a pitch and stuff like that. So you, you probably don't, you're not getting to that sort of extreme now. But at the same time, I still believe that there's a lot of racism and people talk about obviously getting racism out of the, out of the, the stadiums and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's difficult to do that when there's so much racism in society. So it's something that's a, a massive subject a subject at the minute. Um, I remember playing for England at the Bernabeu, and you can imagine, you know, when you represent your country, especially playing in a special stadium, you know, in a Real Madrid stadium, so it's meant to be like a special night. I remember me, uh, Sean Wright Phillips, um, Kieran Dye, Ashley Cole, all got racially abused. And, and now I look at that, that moment where it should have been, I should be talking about the, the football side of it. You know, when I think about that moment, I just think about being racially abused. So it's it's something that's, still going on, um, and, it's, and it's
2: sad. Jeremy, and it's Roger Hanna here, how are you? I, I, I was fascinated to listen to you when you spoke at this topic a couple of weeks ago. One, one of the things you spoke about was how football authorities need to do more. You speak there about black players and the England team being subjected to racism in Europe, and even last season, even in the game in Bulgaria, it continues. And nothing seems to be done about it. UEFA, FIFA, they just seem to pay lip service to the problem. Paltry yeah. fines to football associations. Uh, you know, at a time when the English Premier League is doing so much and big name players are trying to send out the right message and they're trying to influence youngsters and they're trying to positively, you know, change historic prejudices, surely football associations led by FIFA and UEFA need to do more to tackle this issue. If
0: and UEFA can do a lot more and and they and surely they must know that now it's got well now it's got to the point where people are like this enough's enough um you know twenty twenties it's 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 unbelievable um but surely they must know now that they have that something drastic has to happen because all these campaigns and stuff like that you know um it's just not been enough you know at the end of the day when you in life when you make a mistake and you get a little slap on the wrist you do it again and you make that same mistake you you get a slap on the wrist you do it again the the punishments are not severe enough um so you know something has to change in a big way for people to stop um racially abusing black players um when you're sort of like um you're 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 playing football It's, it's 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 unbelievable you know i i remember watching the game and raheem Sterling got abused and he sort of like he scored the goal and he celebrated as if to say that gesture as if to say yeah give it to sort of like do you know what i mean so all the all the stuff that's going on in a minute it's it's really hard to watch it's really hard to watch um especially because a lot of these players are young players shouldn't have to be shouldn't have to do with this a lot of these players, and you get different sort of characters. Some people will, will, like Raheem did. He will celebrate and be like, "Okay, I can take this." But some, you get all different types. You get all different types of characters. Some people, some players, might not be able to to, to take that. You know. So, um, so yeah.
1: Do you mean when you hear racist abuse at any point, it must be so hurtful? You've obviously had a long career. Is it worse when it comes from your own fans?
0: Of course. Yeah, of course it is worse when, you, when, it, when, it, when it comes to your own fans because you can imagine, right, you, you, I mean, you dedicate your life and everything you do and you put so much effort in and, and especially when you love playing for a football club or you love playing for your country, um, but to, to get racially abused from your own fans, it's almost like, I mean, how do you ever get over that? How, how, could, you ever, how could you ever forget that? It would be something that you'd always remember. It would be something that you speak about when you finish playing um, and it's and it's so hard, it's just so hard to understand. I, I listened to Michael Richards last night on Sky, and he said that he would actually love to sit down with these people and and take them. But what, what, why have you got so much? Why have you got so much hate in your heart? Like it's it's so hard to understand it because as a black person, like I, I, I've got my own foundation. And when I launched my foundation, it was in Saint Lucia mm-hmm. because my 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 my, my 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 family background is Saint Lucia. But at the same time. I had an unbelievable relationship with with little Bradley that everyone knows. Yeah. That's well documented. He was a young white. Uh, ch- there was a young white child, yeah. and it's not like I I, I looked at him and thought, oh, do you know what? He's not on black. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not even. You don't even think of these things. You don't. You don't see someone's color. You don't see someone's the, the color of someone's skin. You see them as a person. You see them as a person. So it's so it's so crazy to. To, to think, of, to, to understand how these people have so much hate inside them, and they can you can just judge someone but just because they colour of their skin is, is strange.
1: Do you hope with education so, you that this can?
2: So I was just going to say we've seen so much. The English Premier League restarted last week. The Black Lives Matter logo across the back of shirts, rather than names. Players taking a knee before kickoff. It sends out such a positive message. Would you like to see the SPFL embrace this message when? Our season in Scotland hopefully kicks off on the first of August.
4: But that's, this, is, well, this
0: is what I was thinking, to be honest. This is exactly what I was thinking. I, I thought, you know what, the Premier League are doing it. I want to see if they, if it happens in Scotland. And I, and I believe that it, it, I believe that it will. To be honest, because you know when you look at the the march and all that sort of stuff, there was a big one in in uh, in, in Scotland. Um, the people all over the world, even some of our friends that are Scottish, they're they're supporting this movement. So I'd like to think when the season starts that we will take a knee. And uh, and just be a part of this powerful movement because at the end of the day, Black lives uh, lives matter, um, and it's nice to see players, not just Black players, the white players. Olivier Giroud scored for Chelsea, and the gesture that he did, it was really powerful. You know, taking one knee when he scored and that stuff like that. So everyone's, every it's so powerful, and it's, and it's nice to to see everyone coming together. And these big names in football are using their platforms and stuff like that, so it's really powerful.
1: Jermaine Defoe, thank you so much for joining us on Clyde One Super School Board tonight. No
0: problem. No thank problem. You. Thank you, guys. Cheers.
1: Some strong stuff from all of our contributors tonight. We're rapidly running out of time here. But, David, from the SFA's point of view, is there an education programme? We've talked about fans. Is an education programme for players as well? Because I suppose there's an education programme for some players
3: as well. Yeah, and a lot of that comes through the clubs and and we're always available at the Scottish FA to support clubs, to support the players, to discuss the challenges. Now, I'm available for for the SPFL, for, for any of our member clubs who want to have a conversation about what can they do. What can they be involved in that will help change the message? And their quality framework, which I've already mentioned, gives clubs a little bit of an idea of there's 22 things that you can do as a club to try and change the environment, whether that's auditing of your stadium, whether it's thinking of who you talk to to try and bring in new board appointments, to try and change the diversity within the game. So we've put out a framework and a journey for them to take. And, and me as, as an employee of the Scottish FA's main job is to try and support them to make the game better.
1: Yeah, there's so many programmes in place, but there, unfortunately, is a long way to go.
3: It's a journey. And, and will we ever get to the end of the journey? I, I don't know. I, I can tell you one thing, we'll never in the Scottish FA be truly representative and reflective because if we do, we'll always look for what's next. We will never stop trying to make the game better, to change the environment, to break down the barriers that people may feel that's within our game. And it's my job to try and do that.
1: Is it a sense that we as a society, shouldn't be scared to talk about this and say the wrong thing because we need to be open and honest.
3: Well, if we say the wrong thing, then we'll be educated in what to say the next time. And that's the big thing uh, we talk about, especially in, in kind of ways that if you say something wrong, you'll probably be asked, well, mate, can you not say that when you're describing me or when we're having this conversation in the future? And suddenly right there, you've been educated and it allows you to have a better informed decision by having the media like Super Scobo tonight Raising the awareness of it is only going to allow everybody to, to be better informed in the future.
1: As I say, we're all learning about this issue and we all will continue to do so. David, if people want to learn that little bit more, is there somewhere they can go to do that?
3: Yeah, there's plenty of places. Blacklivesmatter.com is a fantastic resource that tells the story. Bemis, Scotland uh, here and show races in the Red Card are, and again, fantastic home-based projects that they can be involved in and be educated through.
1: At Clyde One Super Scoreboard, we stand against all forms of racism, not just in football, but in society as a whole. Thank you to everyone involved in tonight's show. And thank you, as always, to all of you for listening.